hang on, I'm gonna fix my headphones. It's supposedly British summertime, but it is cold here still. Yeah, it is supposed to be spring here, and yep, it's raining. Who would have thought? It snowed last week. Oh, really? Damn. Yep, yep, on like Wednesday. We had like three warm sunny days where it was like almost 70 degrees, and Mm -hmm. then... Yeah, I know everyone on Instagram was freaking out. Yeah, disappointed. And then here we are. Here we are. Uh, all right, should we do a show? Ooh, let's do a show. Don't you fucking yawn. It's like 9 p.m. <laughs> my time. You're, just, you're the one supposed to be awake. Y'all move! It's time to die in the game and die in real life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And I'm very confused about what just happened. <laughs> well, it's I guess, simple, Tyler. You die in the game, you die in real life. I, I, mm, do which you? Which is a central, a central part of this episode, is dying in the game and but, dying in real life. But do you, though? <laughs> yes, you can get into it during the episode. Okay. But, like, three people... Week. Three people's lives hinges on the text of a card. Yeah. Yes. I would argue that... Well, no. Okay, we'll get into it later. This yeah. is this is definite episode speak. Uh, things get weird this episode. Things get weird here in uh, Legendary Heroes Part 3. Uh, that's right. Yes. This week we were talking about Season 1, Episode 45. 45. Uh, Legendary Heroes part the third uh before we talk about that i guess let's just get straight into like the podcast usually we like dick around but i kind of want to talk about the episode now okay uh let's talk about though before we talk about the episode every week we like to give our listeners a recommendation of something that they can do with their 20 minutes besides watching Yu-Gi-Oh! because we value their time even if they don't jimmy please tell me your recommendation for our listeners this week uh, my recommendation this week is to read Hellboy. The pause was me reaching over and picking up the like full book that I'm showing Tyler right now. Nice. Now, which which volume is that? Is that just like volume one? Is that the new? This, yeah, this is the complete short stories of Hellboy volume one. I picked it up on a whim in a bookstore, um, and it's just like a great intro to the Hellboy universe. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the movies and I'm like familiar with Hellboy. I just haven't read any of it before, but it's um it's just a bunch of short stories about what Hellboy gets up to. And yeah, it's really good and like surprisingly like unsettling. Yeah. Just yeah, some of no, the stuff I, in there. Man, I no, I'm a big fan of Hellboy. Uh is that the was that the, like the released uh volume for the 20th yes. anniversary? I believe this came out or last year. 20th, 25th? Whatever the Whichever. most recent anniversary was. Uh, yeah, yeah I know there's out, a bunch of like big volumes that came out recently, too. This is one of those. That's and awesome. since I live like 20 minutes away from actual Dark Horse comics, uh, I oh, was able right. to uh, find it and pick it up. And they had a ton of them in stock. But this is volume one of all the short stories. Uh, there's There were a couple others. I just got the first one. Uh, this is all like Hellboy in Mexico and all that. 
Oh, nice. Okay. That story arc. Yeah, there is a lot of Hellboy stuff out there, and there's like BPRD and Lobster Johnson, and um, I'm trying to think, Screw on Head, all sorts of stuff yeah, out there. All kinds of cool, uh, creepy shit tempered with humor. So if that's kind of your thing, and you want some like horrific eldritch gods uh, and a guy swearing and punching them in the face, uh, check it out. Go to the library, see if they have the, the new releases, because. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, especially if you like like Lovecraft or Lovecraftian yes. horror without the problematic racism. Like, <laughs> if you didn't think every problem in the world is caused by uh, swarthy dock workers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's it's good at that because I feel like a lot of the villains that aren't just like you know unknowable eldritch horror beings are nazis yeah (laughs) so so it's 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 easy to be like oh yeah there's the villain oh yeah see the swastika uh shoot that guy right (laughs) but then he'll come back to life so get this amulet and then kill him again right exactly yeah no i love that recommendation i love hellboy and the movies are good too i'm excited to see i'm excited to see what happens with the uh the reboot i guess i don't really know what's called the new movie yeah, It'll I guess it's different. not in the same canon as Del Toro's movies, which no. I really liked. We just watched um, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army uh, mm. a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, that one's pretty good. So it was I... fresh on my mind. Well, good. That was a really good recommendation. What's your recommendation? I'm curious as to how you arrived at this. Well, so, okay, so we have a piece of news <laughs> this week as well, and I was just thinking about I it. I wondered like, if that had, like, something to do with it. No, yeah, I didn't want it to be exactly the piece of news, but I wanted it to be, like, adjacent. My recommendation this week is do laundry. And it's just, like, you know, okay, so, so like, you know, Lauren has some time off of school, and, like, I took a little bit of time off work so we could spend time together. And one of the first things we did, we looked at each other and we were like, we need to do a fuck ton of laundry today. <laughs> and we just, we did, like, three loads of laundry, I think, in, in one day, which, like, our little washer-dryer unit, that's, that's like, a lot for it to try to do. Oh, um, I'm sure. And, yeah, no, it just, you know, it feels really good to have, like, fresh laundry uh and and we do nice a lot of we do a lot of stuff that's like hang dry too so it's not necessarily nice and warm like right away but it's hanging there and you feel it and you're like oh yeah this is dry now and it smells so good and you fold it and put it away and you feel all like clean and accomplished even though you've done fuck all because a machine does all the washing <laughs> yeah just... doing it's just it's a gratifying feeling it is a gratifying feeling i used to I'd be annoyed by laundry when I was a kid. Now it's one of my favorite chores to do. It's like, oh yeah, I can just chuck all my dirty clothes in here and sit on my ass for an hour and it'll be clean. Yeah, I think that's the best part of it too is like you, if you're like me and you have that feeling of like, oh, I've been sitting around for a while. I need to do something productive. But then you realize I can't because the machine <laughs> is taking care of it. I have to wait. I don't Until need to the, do anything yet. Bell goes ding. Let me just uh, flip through the pages of Hellboy here. <laughs> I'm not playing Breath of the Wild. I'm being productive. Right. I'm doing laundry. I just happen to be waiting at the moment. Right. <laughs> Man, do you remember when we lived in Sherwood and all the laundry was just like this enormous chore that you had to do every week because you had to? We had to go to the laundromat. 
See, I kind of dug that though. Like I really enjoy a good laundromat where like you go, nobody really bothers you, especially because like we were working weird hours at that time in our lives too. So we would go and when there was just nobody else in the laundromat. Yeah. Like nine at night. Right. And so you just like hang out, you got a fistful of quarters, you can like read a book, play a game. I still boy. have my um uh, here, get some good audio from that. Ooh, yeah. I still have my bowl here of quarters that uh I just have sitting around, even though I haven't <laughs> needed to go to a laundromat in like four years. I mean, you never know is the thing. But also like laundromats and ours ours was really great. Ours had Miss Pac-Man. Uh, yeah. just the arcade uh, uh, stand up there and like that's that's such a throwback to growing up when there used to be like worse arcade games in the laundromats you know they'd have like the knockoff pinball games yeah um, that and, didn't and work yeah the art of the laundromat I feel like is slowly being lost but I think it's it's definitely a good like experience if you do it correctly it can be it can also because you're still like sitting around hell. I mean, yeah. yeah, but okay. See, here's here's the other the tip that I think you and I learned is you go in a group, and you have one person like keep an eye on the laundry because that's the worst if somebody like runs off with your laundry, which is you know happened to not me but people I know. So you have one person watch the laundry, and then the the rest of the group goes to the nearest like fast food place. Like I remember at our laundromat, there was a Subway, there was a Taco Bell. And I think there was something else, but I, I forget. There was a McDonald's across the street. That's right. And you go and you get food and you bring it back and you have like a like a miniature like feast whilst waiting for your, your laundry. Yeah, it becomes a more of a like ritual. Yeah, yeah. With mother people. But if you're by yourself, it's just you by yourself. It's that can kind of suck. Sad. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But still, we have machines do washing for us. It's great. Yeah, now uh, you can just do it whenever. It it does though dovetail into a piece of news that no fewer than five people have sent to me. I uh, have also received at least like one or two uh, forwards of this this Yu Gi Oh news. <laughs> Lauren's saying we have to thank all the people that sent this piece of news to us. I refuse. Uh, no, no, no. You all know who you are. Uh, the the news the the scuttlebutt around the around the watering hill uh, I don't know what I'm saying uh, the the news the scuttlebutt this week around the watering hole <laughs> you know what era of time are you from my friend not really sure um, so the the news is that there have been some changes recently to official Yu Gi Oh tournament uh, policy uh, so. Uh, uh, who was it? Konami? Who owns the Yu-Gi-Oh tournament? Now I have the rules here. Yeah, it's up. Konami. Konami. So Konami... Konami's official tournament rules. Right. They updated... Uh, they, You know, there were some important updates in there, like um, they have apparently changed the rules on, like, communication. Uh, it used to be that you could take uh, a move back if you, like, hadn't really communicated well enough that you'd finished the move. Um... And now they have a stricter ruling on that, where as soon as you are sort of visibly done moving cards, that is the end of your turn. Um, but they have added a new uh, section to the tournament 
bylaws. Uh, this is in a bunch of articles all over the internet, but uh, Kotaku is where I first saw it. Uh, and subsection I, yeah, thank hygiene. You. Uh, yeah, there's a hygiene section now. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to do you want to read just the? Brief I would love to verbatim. Because there's a synopsis here that's like the what changed and what does this mean? And then I'll pull up the full rule here if you want to read that. Oh, please do. Subsection I, hygiene. What changed? This is a new section requiring all persons attending a tournament to be clean and wear clean clothing. What does this mean? If you or your clothing is excessively dirty or bad smelling, you can be penalized. Yes. If you go to a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament now and you stink... You can get kicked out. Well, so okay, so here's here's the actual here's the full rule. Okay, cool. here's section here's I'm section I in its entirety. It's it's a paragraph. It says you are expected to be clean when you enter a tournament. Neglecting to wash or put on clean clothes contributes to an unpleasant atmosphere at the event, as the tournament can be crowded and the day can be long. Persons who neglect self-care to the point that they are negatively impacting the tournament may be asked to correct the issue in order to continue the event. TLDR, you people fucking stink. Take a shower and wipe your ass. <laughs> you know, I was Official gonna... Yu-Gi-Oh tournament rules. <laughs> I was going to ask you how you felt about this rule, but I, I think you're, uh, you're kind of wearing it on your sleeve a little bit there. No, listen, I've been... Uh, upstairs at a game store while a magic tournament was in place mm-hmm. and the smell and the texture of the air were both reminiscent of a middle school boys locker room Ugh. the humidity was just cloying yeah yeah you know there, there's a stereotype there for sure like there, the, the stereotypes for smelly nerds kind of exist for a reason um I mean, this Damn, is a, like warehouse-sized space with like industrial heating and cooling and fans like recirculating air in there. But yeah. still, it was powerless against card game player stank. I just I want to know. <laughs> maybe I don't. I don't know. You know how there's like there's a story behind every sign. There's I a story, story behind every smell. Right. Like I want to know the story behind this ruling. Like. Who was so smelly that a game could not continue? Like That's a great what, question. What duel ended and then the judges talked to each other and they're like, damn, we, we really should have made this guy stop and take a shower. Yeah, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? What was the final push over the edge for them to take this drastic action? Right, yeah. Lauren just said, uh, the people on my bus. <laughs> So, you know, if that gives you any indication of her morning uh, morning commute there. Uh, yeah, it just, like, I'm glad. I'm glad it's a, it's a ruling. Uh, yes, I am too, but it's also hilarious to me. It's also, like... Uh, Sad? I mean, yes, but also, like... I I have to imagine that there are people reading this and be like, "Yo, what the fuck? What are you implying about me?" Because <laughs> I'm sure it's not everybody, right? And like, they do go out of their way to say like, because the room can be packed and the day can be long and we all can just get a little stanky. Uh, That's please, true. Please do your best, right? Like, 
I, I, I'm glad that they're not like pinpointing any particular class of person, particular like, you know, yo, you high school boys need to get your shit together. Literally. Uh, like, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say here? Like they're not like pinpointing any particular problem areas. It's just trying to be a general sort of advice that I, I think is good for everybody to uphold. Does it specify what kind of penalties can be applied? No, it really doesn't. It's pretty it's pretty general here in the actual ruling. It just says uh, that the tournament may, or no, that the persons who neglect self-care to the point that they're negatively impacting the tournament may be asked to correct the issue in order to continue the event. So it, it seems like they won't necessarily be like penalized, penalized, but you know, things might get put on hold while they go put on some deodorant or something. Uh, I'm still looking at Kotaku's article and I'm just enamored with this sentence. Uh, the level of human bioterrorism at Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments is obviously next level. <laughs> you know, I just don't want to be, I just don't want to be the judge who has to make that call, you know, like. That puts them in such awkward positions. Like, hey, buddy, you stink. I'm, and you stink so bad, I'm going to have to ask you to leave this building. And you know there's definitely going to be that one judge that, like, takes their job a little bit too seriously and, like, does a sniff test before mm. each duel. You know, just, like, leans in there and gets a good whiff just to just yeah. to make sure everybody's on the up and up. Boy, I don't envy that guy. Do you think any judges are going to be uh, carrying around, like, Axe body spray or something? Oh. <laughs> Axe body spray is not a substitute for showering. No, no, it is not. Axe body spray should be uh, illegal you were never unless in used as mace. So you weren't, you didn't have the same uh, exposure to it as I did. I suppose not. I, I mean, I I know people who wore it. Uh, kids would like go into the locker room and just like empty like a quarter of a can on themselves. And then go about their day uh, and think that solves the problem. See, and, and this is what I like about the hygiene rule is that would also violate this rule. That's true. That would negatively impact the tournament of because of your hygiene. So, so yeah, that's yeah. our your Yu-Gi-Oh! news update. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's one of those things where I just like, I really want to keep like dwelling on it and thinking about it just because it's such a funny situation vision of somebody having to stop a duel to <laughs> go change the changing the rules in international card game tournaments because people stink too bad like what kind of long haul duel tournament is happening like some sort of Yu-Gi-Oh marathon where they've just been sweating in the same clothes for 36 uh. hours like that that's not what we're talking about here right that's not a thing Ugh, I don't know. These are just these are just so. people. These are just people dueling hard in a room with bad ventilation. I don't want to think about it anymore. Let's continue. Uh, yeah, I've run out of the funny juice here. I think I think we've exhausted that uh, that particular line of humor. But uh, if you are a uh, a person who participates in Yu Gi Oh tournaments, uh, take care of yourself. You know, brush your teeth, shower, do laundry. Uh, it's the rules. It's literally the rules now. 
don't care uh, about you necessarily. Uh, you're doing it for the rest of us. Uh, all right. Do you have anything else to... No, let's do an episode. Okay, let's do the episode. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, as we mentioned earlier on in the episode, uh, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 45, Legendary Heroes, Part 3. The final part of the Legendary Heroes trilogy. What will our Legendary Heroes do this week? Will they slay the Mythic Dragon? Who will save Mogaba? Is Princess Adina already back in her princess clothes? Let's find out. Uh, this week on Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, yeah, the, the fucking recap, I think, was just a better version of last week's episode. Like, Yeah, it shows you everything you need to know. They're still in the digital world. Digimon, digital dueling. Uh, and yeah, that's just... It is what it is, you know. They they have to get to the Castle of Dark Illusions. They have to get the magical flying beast thing. Yeah, uh, and they they need to awaken Divine Beast Vamado to uh, <laughs> let its let it add its powers to the fight against Ganondorf. <laughs> right. They need to uh, get Rivali's power and uh, uh, you know use the the what's it called the Falcon Rivali- bow. Yeah, they need to get the falcon bow and use Rivali's scale to uh, get higher than the Castle of Dark Illusions so they can uh, paraglide down onto the the ramparts. There it is. Uh, No, what they actually need to do is they need to find the ruins of the ancient flying machine that a legendary hero escaped from the castle with a thousand years ago uh, and then somehow restore the flying machine to its... Uh, a grandeur of a thousand years ago and how would they do that how would they possibly get something to look like it looked a thousand years ago hmm, time there wizard a... there it is uh yes uh joey and his incredibly lucky spin of the wheel uh as time wizard turns back time and i want to see the, the alternate universe version of this episode where it lands on skulls and then everyone just dies in their pods Right, and it's just like, okay, game over, I guess. (laughs) It all could have gone very differently. I was also thinking about, like, Time Wizard is very specific about, like, turning time backwards or forwards, specifically 1,000 years. Like, what if the flying machine had actually been built, like, 900 years ago, and everybody just says a thousand years because that's what you do when something was 900 years ago. Yeah, would they have just watched the? Would they have watched the flying machine like slowly come back to working order and then get disassembled as people are like constructing it in reverse? reverse. <laughs> yeah, or they miss it by a day and like they haven't installed like the tail yet, so they start flying and then it just does a 360 and crashes into the ground right yeah exactly but no they they you know they they use the time wizard and this episode opens on uh the the divine beast i can't think of a better word than flying machine because it's not like an airplane no it's like a big it is the divine beast from uh breath of the wild it's just like a big bird-shaped plane that has like helicopter rotors on its wings Mm mm-hmm and it just it starts to you know ascend with them on it uh and uh 
Uh, oh, no. So, it's, yeah, so it starts to break up out of the ground, and then we cut to the castle, and the villagers are saying, oh, no, our brave heroes, because they can't fucking see what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Princess they just Adina. see all this, like, light and explosions off in the distance, and like, oh, no, our brave heroes were in there. Right, exactly. But that's just Time uh, Wizard doing its time thing. What if Time Wizard is just stealing the the thing from a thousand years ago and the original legendary hero wasn't able to do his job. Oh shit. And like, that's why the, I like that. I mean that, that would be, it's like a looper situation. Yeah. So now are they a thousand years ago, the legendary hero built this machine and then he was like, time to go slay the beast. And then it just like disappears from in front of him (laughs) as these other randos suddenly appear and disappear with it. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, I think I like that better because that explains why the, like, mythic dragon needs sacrifices in the first place. Because if a legendary hero existed in the past, why couldn't they defeat Ganon? Yeah. Or, uh, the mythic dragon? <laughs> like, you know? Dragondorf. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so they're all freaking out because all they see is is just the explosions and the time wizard magic. And uh, the flying machine comes to life and starts ascending into the skies. And everybody's just like, yeah, they did it. Oh, wow. The legendary heroes. You go, heroes. Yeah. And Joey's like, yeah, I, I, we did it. Uh-huh. Yep. Time wizard. There his, it is. His specific quote is, wow, we're flying. I guess that time wizard must have done the trick. Uh, yeah, Joey. That's why you played him in the first place. <laughs> You know, Joey really had a lot of problems, like, grokking that plan, you know. He had, he kind of had to have it handed to him by you yeah. in the last episode. So I'm not really surprised that he's, like, not fully comprehending what's happening yet. Wow, um, the Time Wizard was able to use time magic. Right. Yeah. Oh, and that must, uh, like, he's he's just now putting the pieces together. He's barely smart enough to understand dimly what's going on. My also is just like, wow, you did it, Joey, and like rushes over to him and like does that like anime glom sort of thing. Yeah, like, she glomps onto him and he's like, yeah, get off me. Yeah, just like really giving him way more credit than he's due, I think. <laughs> Good job, Joey. He, We're all so proud of you. He, he did very little in this equation. You drew a card. Right, a card that Yugi gave to you and then told you to draw. <laughs> In this exact scenario. Right. Uh, they uh, they all start, like, waving goodbye to the villagers as the, the plane takes off. The and villagers then... also have, like, super generic, like, NPC dialogue. As they're taking off, they just yell stuff like, Good luck, heroes. Slay the dragon. Right. <laughs> it's just that one scene from Princess Bride when they're leaving the, the hovel and they're like, Good luck storming the castle. <laughs> Uh, That's exactly what they're doing, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Joey decides that he knows how to fly an airship all of a sudden because he yells like, dibs, dibs on flying. I, I get to fly this thing. You heard I me. You it. heard me. I called dibs. Uh, and he runs over. Yeah, it just has like a giant ship's wheel at the front. Right. Which, how do you use a ship's wheel to tell something to move forward or backward? Or up and down. Because that's what happens is he he spins the wheel and it goes straight. <laughs> He's like, yeah, all right, I, take off. 
spin it like it's a fucking wheel of fortune. I think the uh, airship is just ha- it has a pre-programmed route that it's taking, and the wheel is just there for decoration. Oh yeah, it's like for kids. Yeah, it's like, it's like fake uh, elevator buttons, so you think you do something when you press it. Right, right. <laughs> it's like at the play place, you know how they put a steering wheel on the on the playground. Yeah, it's like when you're playing a video game and your younger brother wants to play, so you give him a controller that isn't plugged into anything, and you're like, "Yeah, you're doing it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely pulled that one in my time. Uh, but yeah, so they they take off uh the fairy thing decides to come with them the does it, how do you how did you spell that i didn't have subtitles on for this episode e-a-r-u iru iru it'll fly right in your ear yeah that's what it Ew. sounds like it sounds like a like an infection yeah iru i'm sorry you've gotten iru <laughs> oh no is it curable <laughs> Oh yeah, um, but you're not gonna like the cure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the fairy Iru uh, flies up to to join them and uh, sees them off on yep. the start of their epic adventure. Uh, there's like a quick cutaway to the real world where we see Tristan and Tay again. There's we're still blocking the door with all that stuff. And we do see that it does slide open because we were talking right. about that last time. <laughs> it slides open to the right and then they're able to block it somehow. Like yeah, when the guards gets his hand in and then they like smack the hand. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, it's a sliding door and they've pushed furniture up against it as though that will keep it from opening. And it clearly does not because it slides open and one of the guys gets a hand in. And I think what they do is Tristan actually hits him with like a pipe or something. Yeah. Like he swats the hand, which I mean, I guess that would be effective at keeping a sliding door closed. Just hit Swat. anybody trying to get in. But like, <laughs> I do why want to do point you out, there? Uh, he also has picked up an entire goddamn like metal corner desk. And is oh, just yeah. holding it under one arm and is using it as like a bludgeon against these guys. Right. You know, because Tristan really still hasn't mastered his uh, his sharp fist technique. <laughs> uh, he really hasn't caught on to sort of the, the jujitsu sort of ninja magic that needs to, to operate that successfully. Yeah, he's still ridiculously strong and powerful. He just doesn't really know it. Right. So Which, he's just hulking out and picking up a whole, like, several hundred pound, like, corner desk. And he's just like, whack, whack, whack. Do you feel like that is a allegory for uh, sort of, like, you know, hitting puberty? You've got all yes, these that's exactly what I was thinking, you're, Tyler. You're growing in strange ways. This five-second scene of Tristan picking up a desk is exactly like puberty. <laughs> good, good. Cool. So we're on the same page. No, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I was just thinking like uh, this like strangely strong child and Taya too in a way because like, you know, we don't see them putting the furniture up, but presumably she does, you know, her fair share of that. Like, is that sort of a metaphor for like these two young people sort of becoming adults in strange ways and like gaining gaining power but not knowing what to do with it necessarily i guess 
you know, like you do. <laughs> Where were you when you first picked up a desk for the first time? <laughs> right. Or or punched something with your sharp hands. <laughs> your sharp fists. Uh, anyway. Sure, I'll give it to you. Okay, yeah, thank you. That's exactly what the, the show writers intended. Uh... But there, there's one line here that's really creepy. Uh, Kimo says, uh, we're getting in there, you little thumbsuckers. Just you wait. Yeah, he's like shit-talking them and calling them babies or whatever. Yeah, he calls them thumbsuckers. All right, you like, thumbsuckers, we're going to get in there and unplug your unconscious friends. I want to start using thumbsuckers as an insult again. Like, that needs to come back around. You thumbsucker. Because it's like it's a it's a great way of calling somebody a baby without saying the word baby. Yeah, it's more graphic, I guess. Right. Uh, and I think as soon as he says that line, we cut back to the digital world. Yep. Uh, digital duelists are the champions. Uh, digital dancing, digital style. <laughs> uh, Joey uh, does this like airplane captain bit i guess and he's like uh if you look to your left you'll see some clouds and if you look to your right you'll see the sky and if you look ahead of you you'll see the swarm of evil monsters rapidly approaching (laughs) yeah and so yep it's just a swarm of monsters that they saw earlier just coming after him now yep and they're Um, all like i guess they're actual dual monsters cards but they're presented in a way where it's just like Here's a faceless monstrosity. Yeah. And then here's like 500 of his brothers that we copied and pasted in the background. Right. And slightly color shifted. Yeah. So it's a bunch of unmoving monsters that are coming after them. Um, And they summon their own dual monsters to fight them and it works. Um, Mai obviously brings out the harpy ladies who fly around and kick ass. Um, I forget what Yugi does. Uh, they so they all kind of summon their like signature monsters because Yugi summons Dark oh, Magician. Oh, Dark Magician, yeah. Uh, Joey summons um, Fierce Knight. He summon, he summons what? He summons Fierce Knight. Oh, Fierce Knight. I thought it was Flaming Swordsman for some reason, but yeah, yeah, uh, Fierce Knight. Um, and they all like kick monster ass for a bit. Uh, yeah, but then my question is, what is fierce knight and dark magician standing on because they're just there's a shot of like inside the cloud of monsters Mm -hmm. and fierce knight and dark magician are just in there like hacking away but what are they standing on they're like ten thousand feet above the ground i mean okay there are two options right i was expecting him to just them to spawn in and then be like oh shit and then like fall ten thousand feet straight down kind of in like a wily coyote move um, option option A in my mind is it's a video game, so shut up. Option B is have you played Kingdom Hearts? No, I haven't. So in Kingdom Hearts, if you do like a melee combo, you can like hit a dude into the air, jump up, and keep hitting him, right? And so, so long as you physics. keep your combo up, you can stay airborne. So I think what's happening here is that they have just built up a monster-defeating combo and have stayed airborne through the sheer power of their their physical hits. 
I can buy that. It is anime physics. Right. I feel like it's all like I feel like maybe the two options are kind of one and the same a little bit. Like it's a it's a video game, what are you gonna do? Uh but I, I like the idea of them having their own sort of like combo meter building up in the background. Despite how good they are at combat, uh they could not see the air mines that the ship flies directly into. <laughs> yeah, the enormous like spiky uh just like sea mines but in the air. Right. I Okay, okay, so I'm I'm gonna be honest about this. I even paused the episode at this point. I couldn't see what they were running into. I only saw explosions. Did they actually animate any mines into this scene or Briefly, was it just but Yes. Really? There okay. Are a couple of shots uh showing like the underside of the prow of the ship uh-huh. and there's like these spiky it's like three mines kind of like stuck together, kind of running into the ship and like okay. exploding. I must have just like paused at the wrong time or looked away at the wrong time because all I see is just explosions happening, but nothing like hitting the ship. And I'm like, that's a weird choice. But okay, so they're animated in there. That's fine. Air mines are apparently a thing. Uh, and as they are distracted by the air mines uh, hitting the, the underside of the ship... Uh, a monster attacks and kills Iru, everyone's favorite fairy. Yes, who we've seen like twice so far. Um, it, it's, the monster was actually coming for Yugi, but Iru uh, threw herself, I guess, on the grenade. And yeah, no, they, they say she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah she, she takes one for the team, uh, and uh, Yugi freaks out. Yeah, she just kind of gets, uh, she just kind of digitally dissolves, and Yugi yells out, "No, she's been digitized." <laughs> this word that I've never heard anyone use before, but I think fits. <laughs> and it's not because they've already all been digitized. Right, that's what happened. Digitization when you got into is the game. yeah. This is how you got here. It's not. So what would the what would the correct term be? She got defragged. What is this? <laughs> Derezzed. Derezzed. <laughs> Is the Tron Just terminology? Go full Tron, yeah, uh, yeah. So he he kind of tears up at this NPC that he's just learned the name of. Uh, yeah, he and... like actually cries. Right, and, and it's like, okay, well, that was the computer character. Like that wasn't one of the real ones. Yeah. Oh no, this NPC that you've met three times just died. Thanks, NPC. Right. And like, okay, I get it. He's an empathetic guy, but like, that's literally, that was the one thing that you could feel free to not care about. Like, not to be harsh, but like, that's part of the game is that was a piece of code, not a real person. Uh, And yeah, so he plays uh, in anger, I guess. He plays Swords of Revealing Light, which stops the monsters from attacking, which I think he could have done earlier probably yeah it would have been nice if mess. he did that like five minutes ago before you got attacked by the monsters right or like didn't he play a literal black hole last episode or two episodes ago yeah like maybe that would have been helpful here mm, maybe Plot or devices yeah fair uh and uh <laughs> i wrote in my notes that the fairy doesn't feel so good mr stark 
because that's that's what the derezzing looks yeah. like. Yep. Uh, he he gets angry and uh, Yugi transforms into the Pharaoh. Uh, it has the whole like Yu-Gi-Oh transformation sequence animation. So I like I guess this was programmed into the game. Then is that what's your read on this? Yeah, it's I didn't consider that, but it is weird that in this digital world he can still transform into his alter ego. I mean, and I like, guess like he like. His, he visually updates his character model changes too right and that's the part that gets me because I I can I can buy like okay the Pharaoh is like in his brain and his brain is brought into the video game but the fact that the character model changes to the the taller you know makeup wearing deep voice uh, uh, Pharaoh yeah is this a matrix thing where your in-game character is like your residual self-image or whatever i where it projects yourself how you view yourself but also nobody comments on it yeah right so like is this all in yugi's head is there that part of it here's something that'll real really freak your bean uh when yugi transforms and the pharaoh comes out does Pharaoh know that this is a simulation or does he see all this like f- fantasy nonsense and be, and he's like, oh yeah, magic. Yeah, I'm oh, familiar with this. Shit. This is just like the old times when I was the Pharaoh. That's a really Egypt. good point. He doesn't react to it too At much. All. Yeah. I he... wonder, I presume that he can kind of get an understanding of what's going on since he's like sharing Yugi's mind. Right. But like, huh. okay, that doesn't so, mean he knows what computers are. Right. I, because of some things that happen later, I choose to believe that he doesn't fully understand that this is a video game, specifically because of an odd choice of dialogue that he makes later that is like kind of in keeping with Yugi uh, uh, grieving the loss of this random NBC but also kind of not. So maybe we'll we'll come back around to that. But that shit, man. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, he's probably just like, ah, real monsters, finally. A worthy right. opponent instead of card games. Yeah. Uh, so finally, I feel comfortable. Uh yeah, huh. Yeah. Uh the 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 flying ship uh hits the magical barrier. Uh but it's a magical ship so it can break through yeah i guess all you need to cross the magical barrier is to have a large enough engine because it like gets stuck and then just kind of pushes its way through yeah it kind of it almost felt like it was like puncturing the magic in a way like it it kind of like speared this magical bubble and was just like forcing its way in which when you see it in action you're like why couldn't a dragon have done that or like literally anything else but i don't know video game logic man yeah magic uh they get through the the magical barrier and uh what should appear but a salamandra uh yeah out of uh, fiery head out the castle of dark illusions has that big weird like void hole on the side and then 
Did this, you have to use the word void hole? I don't. What, what, what would you describe it as? I don't know. A cave. <laughs> it's not a cave if it's a man-made. Up a, 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 a an entrance. <laughs> is it an entrance? I don't even know what the thing is. The Castle anyway, of Dark Illusions has this big. We'll say void hole. That's fine. Dark void hole on the side of its <laughs> flotation ring. Uh-huh. And the friggin' Salamandra appears. Whatever. Salamandra, which is a monster that I really like the look of, and it's a card that Joey has, actually. But it's... My issue here is it's a magic card. It adds, uh, like, attack points to another fire-type monster. Uh, so, like, Joey plays it with Flaming Swordsman a lot. So it's not an actual monster. It's a no. magic card. I mean, at least not that we've seen so far, right? Up until now where it's like, oh, here's the giant salamander monster that breathes fire. Oh, no, it's breathing fire all over our ship, which apparently does more damage than the literal mines that we ran into. <laughs> yeah, the mines just did nothing to the ship. Also, I just Google image shirt salamandra. Uh-huh. And it's actual, it's actually, it, it's a genus of uh, actual salamanders, and it's very cute. Oh, huh. It's just a little salamander who's black and has yellow uh, spots. So presumably, don't eat it. It'd probably no, be prob- bad. probably bad. Yeah. You know, just as a general rule. <laughs> don't eat salamanders. Don't eat salamanders. Uh, regardless of color. Um, okay, now I've found the actual card. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's like an equip item. Yeah, exactly. Equip only to a fire monster, it gains 700 attack. So, I don't know, man. They're oh. playing fast and loose with the concept of monsters here. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, so what happens is the salamandra pops out of the void hole. Uh, the void hole. Uh, and uh, Maya sends out a harpy lady. Uh, that kills it in one blow, uh, but it has sort of spewed enough fire onto the ship that the ship begins to blow up uh, in a very sort of Final Fantasy VII anime, let's blow things up from front to back in an amount of time that's just long enough for the heroes to escape safely sort of exactly. way. Uh, it- like... You just barely nick this thing, and suddenly there's all these like explosions happening all over the ship, and they jump but off. They, but they start at the front, right? It's a weird thing. It's the, the explosions. You see like a couple of explosions at the front, and then a few more a little bit further back, and then a few more a little bit further back, and it's just like, oh, okay. So it's just, I guess there's just fuel tanks all over the place <laughs> on this thing. Like, there's no real like one sort of central mass explosion. It's yeah. just a little. Despite the entire cascading. thing apparently being made of wood. Yeah, that's the other thing. Why doesn't it just burn, right? Yeah, what is this thing using for fuel? I mean, magic, I assumed, or the... It's like uh, in the Flintstones where everything is like modern stuff, except it's all made out of rock. This is just like a plane and it's made out of wood and like the engines are made out of wood. Or maybe, I mean, that's part of, like, the time wizard thing as he brings back fossil fuels. <laughs> There's actual, the entire ship is run by dinosaurs running on treadmills. <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> uh, we, uh, 
what is what exactly happens here? They they run. It they explodes, jump. and Yugi summons Winged Guardian of the Fortress, and they all hop onto its back and escape just in time. Oh, so it turns out that summoning a dragon actually does work then. Yes. They, or I guess I guess now they're past the magical barrier. Now but they're like, past the magical barrier. They can, in fact, jump on just jump on the back of a dragon and fly away. There and we they go. do. Yeah. Oh, and then like right afterwards, um, we see uh, what happens when Dark Magician and Fierce Knight lose their combo uh, and can't fly anymore because we see them the harpy ladies start flying up from the bottom of the screen and Dark Magician and Fierce Knight are just like clinging onto their legs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They have, like, a leg each on these harpy right. ladies. And it was just really funny looking. That, that's the, maybe the one time that I've actually enjoyed, like, a scene with harpy ladies. Because they're just annoying otherwise. Not, not like, their character or anything. I mean, they don't really have, like, personalities. But just the fact that that's the only thing that Mai does really makes me hate them. Yeah. That's the one time where I'm like, oh, okay, we're cool. Yeah, we haven't... The show acts as though all these cards have personalities when they really don't. No, not at all. Not at all. Even Dark Magician, who like is maybe one of the more featured cards on the show, is just like yeah, he just a comes out and like standy, right? Like that's he's nothing. Yeah, he just comes out and all he does is glare and attack. It's not like he's a person, right? Exactly. I mean, at least Pokemon are like smart animals right but these things that's, they're just yeah, cards that's true no these they're they're literally just cards even when they're brought Simulated. to life or full digital representations uh does anything else happen in this scene I... no but on another note what if the ancient plane was actually the hamstrat wouldn't that be even better <laughs> I mean, that would have made the explosion more dramatic. <laughs> like, what if they just took off, took off flying in this ancient plane that's actually just a jumbo jet that's shaped like a hamster? <laughs> See, then you'd get the full, you get like a, a whole scene where like Joey tries to get a first class seat. Uh, they want to know what the in-flight movie is, get some peanuts. Yeah, I think it would have been hilarious. <laughs> For listeners who may not know what the hamstrat is, uh, just Google it. It's spelled like how it sounds. Uh, there is apparently a whole line of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that is just what if vehicles were animals? Yeah, what if or all vice vehicles versa? were shaped like weird creatures? And one of them is Mecha Phantom Beast Hamstrat, which is exactly what we've been talking about. And it's just like, what if a 747 was a hamster? Yeah, it's just got... It's just a plane, but then, like, the front of it is shaped like a cute cartoon of a hamster. Right. The hamster. So that's fun. Uh, we cut from that scene, where I guess nothing else happens, to uh, Kaiba in the dungeon with the candlestick. No, uh, Kaiba in the dungeon, and uh, he's chained up still, and... He is confronted by Taco, you know, from, from TV. Oh, from TV. Uh, no, it's, uh, Witty Phantom, uh, our favorite purple-suited elf person, uh, who wakes him up to torture him some more with some vicious mockery. <laughs> or just talking. Uh, or just talking, in this case. Yeah. 
Uh, he uh, magically magically reveals that he, he captured Mokuba, who throws off his princess disguise to reveal that he's actually wearing a suit of armor and that he has come to save his brother. You'd think that would have looked weird having yeah. a full suit of armor on under like a princess dress. Or at least like made sound, right? Like clink, clank, you'd imagine clink, like clink, clink, clink. the princess dress like yeah, clinking quite as much. <laughs> nobody nobody looked at Princess Adina in the last episode and was like, you put on weight? <laughs> I mean, I, no, nobody would say that to a princess anyway, but, like, you're not just going to not notice a full set of plate mail armor <laughs> under a, a princess dress. Princess, <laughs> I didn't know that you, like, physically grew pauldrons. Right. <laughs> I like your sleeves. They're real big. Uh, I mean, unless that's just the secret that you and I don't know about princess dresses, is they just all have a suit of armor on underneath. Yeah. Maybe. Or it could be that it's just a video game and he's like going into his inventory and swapping out one <laughs> outfit with the princess outfit. Right, yeah. And it just goes... He's, and there's uh, no animation there. Over-encumbered up until that point. <laughs> he's over-encumbered, so he discards uh, the princess outfit onto the right. floor. Puts him... Uh, it drops two pounds so he can magically <laughs> run again. Uh, and uh, Mokuba reveals that uh, he's there to rescue his brother. Uh, Witty Phantom tells him that, no, it's too late to be saved. They're both going to be sacrificed now to the the mythic dragon, Uh, except that Mokuba summons a monster. Yeah, surprise, I have all these fucking cards that let me just summon horrific creatures wherever the hell I am, whenever I want. So he summons a, a he summons Sword Stalker, which I Badass. guess is all right. Well, I don't know. I think it sounds like someone that swords have to put up a restraining order against. <laughs> like, oh, Yo, yeah, oh, let me get at them swords. <laughs> He's just got a very particular fetish. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, not gonna yuck any yums. Uh, but Sword Stalker has swords on their person, uh, which they use to cut Kaiba's chains and free Kaiba. Yeah, he's stalking uh, with swords. And he then right. uses those swords uh, to free Kaiba. Uh, Mokuba then hands Kaiba his his uh, deck, his, his dueling disc, uh, which he got somehow. Yeah. Where, where do you get that? Has <laughs> he just Where been holding on from? to it this whole time? Like, I thought that would have been with Kaiba. I was don't it Witty know. Phantom holding on to it from someplace? Was it just on the ground there? He had it in his inventory, but it just wasn't equipped. Oh, I see. So Mokuba uh, crouched, pickpocketed Kaiba. <laughs> now he's discarding the deck and the the dual disc system on the floor near Kaiba, and so it just goes whoop, into his inventory. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's an auto pickup sort yeah, of thing. Kaiba it's has like that, in Minecraft. That turned on. Yeah. And can you guess, now that Kaiba has his deck back, can you guess what card he plays? No, Jimmy, tell me. It's. <laughs> he yells, Time for a trip to the recycle bin, Phantom. And he brings out Blue Eyes White Dragon. Why does he say that? Because that's. He's in a computer game, and that's how you get rid of something on the computer, is by dragging it to the recycle bin. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Now I'm angry for multiple reasons. One, I did not understand that line whatsoever. <laughs> Two, I am angry that that is the line. <laughs> That's incredibly stupid. That's so bad. But there it is, I guess. That's your uh, early 2000s uh, Microsoft uh, Windows 95 humor for you. I mean, the recycle bin is still a thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's really a joke that would only fly during that that time period, I guess. Uh, they, I guess, kill Witty Phantom? Oh yeah, uh, friggin' Blue Eyes just one-shots him and he just explodes. That's right. In a very dramatic scene as he's running towards the camera and then just this burst of lightning behind him just kind of rips him apart. And you see him just disintegrate. Uh, he had it coming. Yeah. Uh, Mogaba and Kaiba start to escape. Uh, they're surrounded, though, all of a sudden by armed ninjas uh, and a dragon capture jar, which I guess Kaiba recognizes as being the same dragon capture jar as from when he first entered the the Digiverse, the Kaiba realm. The Digi... The, yeah. The Ka- Kaiba quest. Uh... <laughs> And uh, Kaiba destroys the jar with a new card that I guess he couldn't have played earlier called Trap Master. Who knows some sick beats? Oh. Like trap music. Like is trap a joke music. I was making. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No, no, no. I get it. I get it's it. Uh huh. Guy who can disable traps, and he does. Right, he is the master of traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trap master. And uh, it disables the, the dragon capture jar, which apparently gives Kaiba back the blue eyes that it stole earlier. So now there are two of them. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> Thank you. Yay, <laughs> Phantom Menace references. Uh, now there are two of them. <laughs> Uh, and they're still uh, coming through. <laughs> Kaiba uh, feels all powerful now that he has his his, his best friends back. Two blue eyes. I think he cared more about that blue eyes than Mokuba. Honestly, like, I mean, he's he more definitely excited does. to see this blue eyes back than he was to see his own little brother like come to save him. Uh, I mean, Mokuba this is a Kaiba, world he created from the ground up just to be able to, like, hang out with a blue-eyes white dragon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, there's no doubt that there is a less safe-for-work program uh, <laughs> that Kaiba put in here that only features a blue-eyes white dragon. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, there's definitely that holodeck simulation just kind of hanging out somewhere in the, in, in the storage. We're going to get some... Uh, some uh shrek side uh storylines up in here with you know with donkey oh. and dragon <laughs> sorry my no my head went to a very different not safe for work shrek video <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so kaiba Mokuba, wants to fuck the blue eyes is what we're saying here thank you yes okay now that we got right. that out of the way we all know uh, Mokuba it. tells Kaiba that he got here because he got Yugi and the gang uh, back together and they're in the game now and they're going to beat the game and they're going to save Kaiba and Kaiba's mad. <laughs> <laughs> Ka- Ka- 
guy was guy was mad, and he tells Mokuba, "You know how I, you can do the voice better than I can." <laughs> yeah, okay. I can't take I can't take Kaiba seriously after this episode is a thing because what he says is, "You know how I feel about Yugi Moto." He's so mad that his life just got saved by Yugi. He's like, so how dare mad. you bring these people into my dragon theme park and hook them right. up to my <laughs> erotic blue eyes do, simulator. All I wanted to do was walk around in my beautiful world that I've created and fuck some dragons. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Without goddamn Yugi Moto being here. You gotta bring Yugi Moto into this. <laughs> Yugi, don't thought, open that file. <laughs> I thought we were family. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, so he's just sort of aimlessly angry about it. We cut to uh, Yugi, Joey, and Mai, uh, who are running through a forest. Uh, does Joey say, again, I didn't have subtitles turned on for this episode for whatever reason. Does Joey actually say, what the hell? Because that's what I heard. Oh, I don't remember that. I heard Joey say, what the hell? As he's reasoning out, he goes, a floating castle with its own forest? I think Kaiba needs to get out more. Yeah, something along he's those just lines. Sort of, he's just sort of reveling in the weirdness that is that they just landed on a floating castle, and then there is a full-fledged forest between the cliff, I guess, and the actual castle walls. Yep, it's castle in the sky, but instead of having uh, beautiful, friendly robots... It's full of awful giant monsters. Right. Specifically, giant insect monsters. Uh, it's, it's very similar to when they fought Weevil Underwood, uh, and I really wanted there to be a digital version of Weevil in this episode, <laughs> but sadly, there is not. Uh, monsters show up. Yep, they're killer needles. Uh, they look uh, off in the distance, and there's like this giant tree covered with cocoons all over it. And then mm-hmm. all this this swarm of bugs that are poorly animated like rise out of the forest. Yeah, they're like they're like copy pasted, just yeah. like still images that somebody's slowly moving. But this is exactly like I don't know if you ever played the uh, Bionicle Matanui online game. You know that I have. You, do you remember the sequence, the Nui Rama sequence? Uh, after you, you know leave Lekoro, when they're flying on the. The, the birds and they have to fight all the the giant new Irama, the giant bugs and it's exactly like this moment oh are you done yeah i'm done okay that's that's my side thing here <laughs> uh yeah no i don't remember that i'll be honest with you but i i do i believe you i i'm sure it's exactly like that uh the thing that happens in the show is that joey summons a a knight of some kind i forget and it is instantly eaten to which yugi says oh man eater (laughs) yeah man eater bugs yeah yeah, which which is an actual card man eater bug is is a card uh and guess what its deal is does it eat man's it does oh okay good guess which makes me think that Harpy Lady would be impervious here specifically because it is a man-eater bug. And Mai has used that fucking excuse before where because her Harpy Ladies aren't men, they're immune to man-centric attacks. 
That's true. The Harpy Ladies should be kicking ass around here. What happened to the Harpy Ladies? Where are they in Dark Magician and what's-his-face? I think that's the thing. I think I think Dark Magician and uh, fucking... Fierce Knight. Fierce Knight, thank you. Uh, I think that they weighed down the Harpy Ladies too much, so they're actually still on their way. <laughs> or maybe they, or... like, lost their grip and fell. <laughs> Or it's like uh, it's like in a Sonic game when you've got Tails there. And oh, yeah. You've got Tails to like pick Sonic up, but then he, he goes for too long and Tails gets tired. And they're just slowly they're slowly descending somewhere underneath the castle. <laughs> the NPC's uh, pathing ability was lost, and so they're just like running into a wall somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> they're they're just, circling. Yeah, they're just glitching out. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Who knows where they are? Uh, they, uh, see a bunch more bugs flying in, uh, Yugi casts Mirror Force. And as uh, we all know, so... Mirror Force is a giant bug zapper, which just shoots all the bugs and sets them on fire. And then the falling bugs light the force they're standing in also on fire. Right. Whoops. Like Mirror Force is such a weird card. Cause what you see happen is this giant mirror pops up like a physical mirror, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay, well, this will be fine. The bugs will hit the mirror and stop, or they'll like attack themselves and, and just disintegrate. Are they going to splatter? But no, it catches them on fire. I don't know what's going on That's not a mirror force. That's a, that's, a, that's a fire force. There's a, there's a different <laughs> name for this. There's a different name for what's happening here. Also, the forest sets on fire too? Yeah, because of the giant bugs that just fell into it on fire. So, all right, cool video game, good job, I guess. Part of me wants to believe that it's like a glitch in the physics engine, right? Like it, it just didn't know how to collide two separate materials, so it accidentally like added the fire tag to an object. Oh, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, so the the fire spreads and it's it, like in uh, uh, early Minecraft when you accidentally set a fire and then burn the entire world down. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, I have done that. I have ruined many hours of work that way. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens here. Yeah. No, exactly. Like The whole weird floating forest catches on fire, including the giant cocoons that you mentioned earlier, which are apparently cocoons of evolution, which is what the great moth hatches out of, if you remember from the Weevil Underwood shows. Shows no. episodes. <laughs> Welcome to the, the Weevil, Weevil Underwood, Underwood show. show. Uh, <laughs> and Weevil Underwood. And uh, I would love this House week of we Cards. Have Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> I would love. I would love a remake of House of Cards, but it's a Weevil Underwood <laughs> as opposed to Frank Underwood. I'm President Weevil Underwood. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, so apparently the fire causes the cocoons to hatch sooner than usual as opposed to killing them, killing them. I'm not really sure that that's how hatching works, but in like literally every other video game, you have to burn the things down the cocoons before the bugs come out and get you. But here it doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, it's, it's the reverse. We see what, like a couple dozen giant moths starting to hatch. Like it's an insane amount. Like we, we see what one giant moth in the Weevil Underwood episode and it's a scary thing, but now here's 30. Yeah. 
Uh, but luckily, Yugi, Yugi has a plan. Has a plan. Uh, wow, did we just say that at the same time? That we was sure weird. did. Uh, he does have a plan, though. Uh, he uses his old friend, Dragon Catapult, and Karibo. And Joey's like, what? A Karibo on a catapult? And Joey's like, oh, yeah. Oh, and this card. Here we go. And he plays Multiply. Boy, is it handy that they can summon whatever card they need at whatever given moment, because that would have been real awkward otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Um, He plays the Karibo on the catapult, and then he plays Multiply on the Karibo. So the catapult launches an infinite number of Karibo into the air. (laughs) When you put it that way, it just sounds stupid. I mean, I think it's really a testament to the processing power of these virtual reality machines. Like, I was expecting an infinite number of uh, polygonal models to crash the game. Yeah, that would Not to mention the realistic fur simulation. Oh, God, yeah, that would melt the entire building. Uh, but yeah, cause the, a, what, what is it? A floating point error where you have like too much data in a certain set. Oh, I don't know. That sounds right. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it, they it, do the an Karibo, infinite they, amount of damage to these moths. Right. They they explode on impact, uh, and uh, fireworks happen as the bugs are exploded into nothingness, and the forest burns around them, and. Uh, I don't know why the whole island isn't split in half if we're dealing an infinite amount of damage to an indiscriminate target. Uh, but that's just how the game works, I guess. Uh, you had an interesting note here uh, that I missed about Joey and Mai? Oh, yeah. In this scene? Yugi is in the foreground going like, yeah, and looking up at the uh-huh. explosions. Uh, Joey runs over to Mai and they like clasp hands and like jump up and down with each other. Oh yeah, okay. No, that yeah, that happens. I when when I read holding hands, I was like, is it a is it like a more romantic like their hands touch and then clasp? Uh, no, they do a very like it, it feels like a Power Rangers thing for some reason to me. Like it's a thing you would see in a live action TV show more often. Uh, but yeah, it's a very sort of cutesy, like, the Wicked Witch is dead sort of celebration. Yeah, of... it's like if two, like, older middle school girls got excited about something, they would do this. Right, right, exactly. Uh, they uh, defeat all the things, and then we cut to, uh, oh, we cut to the real world. And we cut to uh, the Big Five, the evil Kaiba Corp board. Executives. uh, Watching them on the weird retro pixel art screen. Yeah, these guys have been sitting in just like complete darkness watching a giant screen showing like early like Super Nintendo graphics of this all taking place. Yeah, I mean, is this like... Is this like the the dueling worlds version of a Twitch stream? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Except you can't actually see the action, like as it's right, actually it's, rendered. Because there's no fire, there's no monsters. It's just like eight bit trees, and then in the middle, it's an eight bit Yugi, Mai, and Joey mm-hmm. uh, doing like a Final Fantasy victory dance, sort of waving their arms up and down, and they. 
what what is it? One of them says, I want to say it's Johnson probably, just because that's the voice we've been hearing. Uh, one of them says that it's time to take this game to its final level. Boy, sure are a lot of uh, game references in this episode. Right. This is also the first uh, sort of inference that there are actual levels in this game. Yeah. It doesn't, like, there doesn't really seem to be a level progression necessarily. No, it's, it's an open a, world. Right. Uh, but here we are. I guess this is the final level. Uh, the, the gang gets to the castle, and uh, up above them, a portal opens, revealing uh, the head of a blue-eyes white dragon. Yeah. Who could that be? <laughs> Sealing blue eyes is watching you masturbate. No. <laughs> It's Ceiling Cat, but it's a blue Speaking eyes. Speaking of memes that have died out. <laughs> it's uh, Ceiling Blue Eyes. Yeah, I mean, no, it is. It truly is. Uh, and then down through the portal leap the Kaiba brothers, who fall like 50 feet. Yeah, like, That is damn. a big drop. Uh, but it's fine. They make it, no problem. Uh, and uh, Kaiba immediately insults joey's costume yeah joey tells kaiba hey we're glad you're okay we were all very worried about you i'm glad that you're safe and he immediately just like gives him a once over and then says that he looks like a monkey (laughs) right he's like uh what is it what is the line here he says something along the lines of like that costume makes look make makes you look like an underpaid chimp or something yeah honestly they should just leave him like okay, asshole. If that's the way it's yeah. gonna be, we're just gonna. All right, bye. I guess log we're logging out. out. Okay, see ya. Have fun dying. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like he just continues to be an asshole through the rest of this episode. Uh, that's Kaiba. They can't really talk much though because a dark portal opens. Uh, a lot of portals opening here. Yeah. Uh, a a void hole opens. <laughs> And uh, congratulates them for reaching the final level. The, the exact quote is, congratulations, gamers. You've made it to the final level. <laughs> true gamers. Hashtag true gamers. Uh, gamers rise up. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, this is the final level. And Kaiba goes, wait a second. No, we we beat the game already, though. This can't be the final level. The final level was... We made it out, so the dragon didn't get a sacrifice, so it wasn't summoned. But uh, it turns out that the Big Five reprogrammed the game, big surprise, and they are going to summon the mythic dragon themselves. Yeah, they just... No ritual required. They just go into the, the game logs and write, summon to, from zero to one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they flip the summoning switch and, uh, up from the depths rises, I mean, really just Tiamat from D&D. Yeah, it's a five-headed dragon. Each head is a different element. There's a, there's a fire head, an ice head, a green head, uh, uh, a head head. Like a f- sandstorm-ish head. Yeah, there's like a rock head. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's a big multi-headed dragon. Uh, it would sure suck to be the head next to the fire head, because every time it would, like, brush against you, you'd be like, ow, fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, what weird roommates they would be. <laughs> Body mates. That's, I mean, that's a sitcom for you right there, just, like, 
trying to brush all their teeth at night and they've yeah. only got two hands so they have to share if you have five heads what head controls which part of the body or do they work in unison Ooh, that's a really good question I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of probably like um, like in Power Rangers, how all five of them are at the head, and then they all seem to have control, but they also don't seem to be touching any controls. They're just doing karate moves in the cockpit. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think? Do you think that there is a hidden sixth head that actually has full control of the body, but the head isn't very impressive? <laughs> Like behind all the, the others is just like a little <laughs> shriveled, shrunken head. Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, guys. Oh, hey, guys. I, I'm the mischievous chick head. I, ha- I have actual control over the dragon. Right. Uh, Yeah, everyone freaks out. I, I didn't write down any lines here, but I remember Mai saying something along the lines of what she always says of like, there's no way that we'll possibly beat this, which she said for every monster that they've yeah. come across so far i think the big five has have another line it'll be game over all right but for you not us yeah which is like like how many game like generic game references can we cram into the writing here it i think it really speaks to like they're trying to use this opportunity to really break into the video game market. And they had a meeting with some marketing executive that taught them like basic gamer lingo. And now that's all they know. And they just need to say it to prove that they know it. Yeah. It's just making references for its own sake. Right. Like it's one step short of them being like, we're going to dab all over you haters. (laughs) God, I wish they would have said that. (laughs) I mean, we never see their mouths. We could just redub it, honestly. When the dragon dabs, it dabs with, like, one of the heads, and the other, like, opposite head goes up in the air. And then, like, <laughs> the three heads in the middle form the, like, actual head. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a terrifying image. Uh, the other thing that I, I forgot to mention here is when the dragon does appear, uh, the, like, the fantasy world sort of falls away. Like it all gets kind of stripped away, revealing uh, the true nature of the world, uh, which is a bunch of like circuits and digital symbols and stuff, you know, to really prove that you're in a computer. It's a final level of the video game. Yeah. It's literally just two like printed circuit board planes that they're like standing in between. Right, which, just which I guess is to like off into infinity, and I guess it's to like denote like, hey, in case you forgot, you're in a video game. But why? Why is that? Like, there's a dragon right in front of you. Yeah, that could be like a good indicator that maybe you're in a video game and not the real world. But maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's just a side effect of the big five hacking the world. I don't know. Who knows. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, uh, dragon appears and Joey has this line where he like sees this giant dragon about to attack them. And he's like, I'm really starting to miss my body. And Kaiba just says, suck it up. (laughs) He's like, oh man, this sucks. I want to go back to my body where it's fun. (laughs) I'm tired of getting attacked by monsters over and over again. Right. Why did you make Which, it I mean, physically I... hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I can't blame him. You know, he's he's probably cold too. Like that costume doesn't seem very warm. Yeah, they were in like this dank cave, and now they're in this Up in like the sky. vague. Yeah, they were in a cavern in the sky, and now they're in this like virtual void. So it's probably not terribly comfortable. And he's in that like animal pelt over the shoulder onesie. I mean, he's, he's he's cosplaying as Fred Flintstone. Is yeah. what's happening. He uh, yabba dabba doesn't want to be there. <laughs> uh, and uh, they're like, all right, cool. Well, I guess we'll just fight this monster then. Here we go. Yay. There's no real preamble to it either, which no, is a weird thing. They, they kind of just, just jump straight into battle mode. Yep. Uh, which is not like them at all. I wanted, I want to know if there was like a scene that got cut here or something. They just Because this seems like the prime opportunity for them to be like, let's work together. Yeah. Our friendship will defeat this monster. I mean, Yugi has a line like that at some point, but they just... I think it's later on. They just jump right into it, yeah. Yeah, so my summons uh, the Harpy Ladies, but they are immediately, like, bound by lightning and disintegrated. Uh, and the the Big Five voice comes back on, and they're like, uh, oh, by the way, we programmed in a dragon seal so that only dragon-type monsters can attack. Bwahaha, bwahaha, ha I like to imagine it's just this, like, 50-year-old kind of overweight guy, like, pressing a button at an intercom saying all this like this actual businessman who has never played a game in his life but like the other ceos just like right behind him what i want to see is the the meeting between the big five and the programmer they hired to do all of this like them all cackling and being like oh oh and then then make it so that only dragons can attack and the just this one programmer is sitting there with like a notebook being like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. What? You're paying the bills, man. Whatever. He just goes into the uh, settings and like selects type. No, no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> you want the room to look like a giant circuit board. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't need to look like anything, but all right. <laughs> so if uh, they can just not allow anything besides dragon types why couldn't they have just said it so that they can't summon any monsters to begin with because this is ostensibly a trap to kill kaiba and keep his mind forever in the virtual realm yeah i mean it it could have just been like oh the only monster allowed to attack is the mythic dragon but no they have to set it to type not just specifics for whatever reason yeah we're gonna allow only dragon types in this battle against uh, the company owner who is like famous for only just being obsessed with this one specific type of card, which is dragons. Right, exactly. And that's the thing that happens is Kaiba starts like cackling because they really, they super they fucked up They screwed the pooch. He is having like, the best day of his goddamn life. <laughs> He's like, you you come to my house? <laughs> Literally, his house. I think he lives there. Literally. His uh, exact line is, here, you read it. Oh, oh, yeah. He goes, you dare challenge me to a battle of dragons? In the game of dragons, you live or you get dragoned. <laughs> Oops, all dragons. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, he is just living his best life here, man. And he summons uh, his his good old friend, Blue Eyes. His close personal friend, Blue Eyes White Dragon. His only personal friend, apparently. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, Joey summons Red Eyes Black Dragon. Mai summons Harpy's Pet Dragon. Yugi summons Curse of Dragon. <laughs> and Big Five is probably wondering, like, wait a second, why did we... Hey, you can't do Wha- that. What? <laughs> you weren't supposed to have dragons. No, everyone has their own dragon. Right. And everyone apparently can attack at the same time, too, because they all attack. Uh, and at the same time, the mythic dragon attacks back. Yeah. So they do that whole, like, Harry Potter Voldemort thing where they're, like, various beam weapons hit each other. And they all and, cancel uh, each other out. Yeah, because that's how it works apparently where they attack at the same time and it nothing nothing happens i'm just picturing like the logistics involved in getting like directional beams to cancel each other out and each dragon would have had to be like exactly aiming at the mouth of the opposite dragon right exactly <laughs> that's that's why i'm like like no shoot it in the leg or something yeah exactly there's a lot of dragon there to hit <laughs> You know, like, it didn't have to go this way. But no, apparently when you fire a beam weapon in an anime, you have to fire it exactly at, and at the same angle, or at the opposite angle, I suppose, of the matching beam weapon, so that there's always a chance that they can uh, cancel out. Yeah, either Star that... Star Wars never had this problem, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No. Like, this is not this is not a thing that ever happened on an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Their lasers just go into infinity before dissipating. Sure, right. Imagine uh, if the Alliance built its own Death Star, and so they're like, nah, uh and like the, other, the second Death Star like went in front of the first Death Star, and the Death Stars had an anime fight. <laughs> that would actually be rad. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm, I would watch that. I wouldn't be mad about that. Uh, but so the the non-attack ends, I guess, and they're like, ha, we did nothing. And uh, the Big Five spokesman says that there is one person here without any dragons, so they can't attack or defend. Bum, bum, bum. And they all look around, and it's Mokuba. Oh, yeah, he's standing right behind them the whole time. Despite being Kaiba's little brother, does not have a single dragon card, apparently. Or any cards. uh, no, he's got cards. He summoned a card earlier to save Kaiba. He's got his dual disc there. He just didn't play anything. Yeah. Huh. Because apparently he doesn't have a dragon. I don't know. I, that doesn't seem right to me, being a Kaiba brother. That seems like maybe something that they could have talked about. Uh, but so they have all five heads of the dragon attack Mokuba directly. Uh <laughs> Joey decides to uh, tell Red Eyes to swoop in and take the hit instead. Uh, so the beams uh, it sort of intercept uh, Red Eyes as it swoops in, and uh, Red Eyes disintegrates. But that means, gasp, oh no, if Red Eyes took the hit, that means that Joey's life points go down. And he was do all... you ever see Mythic Dragon's attack points? Uh, It's big. It's a it's large big. number. It's a lot. Yeah, I... Didn't write it down, but it's a large uh, number. And we see we see Joey's attack or life points go all the way down. 
because he was already at less than full. Yeah. Uh, but they go all the way down, and he goes, uh, oh, no, I guess that's it for me. Like, see you on the other side. Yeah, you're going to have to do this one without me. And Joey fucking dies. Womp womp. I don't feel so good, Mr. Yugi. He does do a great, like, Terminator thumbs up as he disintegrates. Yeah, like, he starts disintegrating from the ground up. And then, Uh, like, he gives Yugi a thumbs up and a smile. And then, like, he just dissolves into sparkles. And uh, that's the end of Joey. The only person that reacts to this. Yeah, season wrap for Joey right there. Uh, the only person who reacts at all is Mai, because her boy crush is gone now. Uh, and so she tears up, and Yugi says that as strong as a mythic dragon is, there's one monster that can beat it. And I thought he was going to play Exodia. I really hoped that... Uh, but now I guess it's an official, like, Exodia is no more, because he plays Blackluster Soldier. Which, last I checked, is not a dragon. He's not a dragon, so he just... He's not uh, disintegrated like the Harpy Ladies for some reason. Right. He just shows up and is bound to the floor and can't attack. I think what happened with the Harpy Ladies wasn't so much that they were disintegrated. I think they were just paralyzed, and then everyone forgot about them. That makes as much sense. I think they were just so boring. (laughs) They're not even drawn behind them in the, the scene anymore. Right. They they are literally not worth mentioning ever again. Not important. Uh but yeah, so so Blackluster Soldier isn't a dragon, so he can't attack. So the mythic dragon attacks again, and then Mai has Harpy's pet dragon uh swoop in to block the incoming attack. Apparently it's just like a thing that you can do in dual monsters. I had no idea. It is now. Uh it is now. Anything goes in so, this crazy digital world. Apparently, right? So Harpy's Pet Dragon swoops in, blocks the incoming attack, that kills Harpy's Pet Dragon, and takes Mai's life points down to zero as well. So Mai also disintegrates. Uh, This point is when Yugi has an emotional reaction to an actual person dying. Finally. Uh, Not his best friend, but Mai, his rival that he had a duel with on that island. Yeah, this person that he has spoken, you know, a few words to. They've met three times, maybe. She's an acquaintance. her food. Yeah. He tears up, and he goes, My, with all my might, I will avenge you. And then he remembers, and he goes, You and Joey. (laughs) Not his best friend. Just my. No, just this uh, random acquaintance that he decides to get all teared up over. Which... I think, again, going back to your point earlier about does Pharaoh understand that this is a video game, I think this is proof that he doesn't because I don't know how much Pharaoh cares about Joey. That's true. I don't think I don't think Pharaoh registers Joey on the same level that he sees Mai because Mai is like, I think Mai means more to Pharaoh than he does to you or than she does to Yugi. I does that make sense? Because they, yeah. they had that whole like conversation about how he needs to be like true to himself and he needs to accept the power of the pharaoh and whatever and like have an honorable duel and i i feel like pharaoh doesn't see joey as a threat (laughs) 
oh, you missed your, like, shitty friend. That's too bad. Oh, yeah, he died. Uh, well, he, uh, couldn't, bummer. he couldn't duel his way out of a wet paper bag, so... <laughs> no so huge think, loss I there. I think that's part of it. I think is he A, he doesn't realize it's a video game, and B, he just doesn't think about Joey in the same way that Yugi does. Uh, but yeah, so he swears revenge and uh mythic dragon uh goes to attack kaiba directly this time uh because apparently kaiba doesn't have any monsters that can block anymore um but then mokuba with his shitty little body (laughs) uh jumps directly into the path of the flame a lot of sacrifices going on yeah just like all in a row and he takes the hit directly and then mokuba dies yeah by Mokuba. Kaiba doesn't really react because then Yugi immediately is like, hey, I have a plan. Summon the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Yeah, he uh, said, yeah, he says, we're literally about to die. This is our only chance to take this thing down and avenge our friends and family. We have to work as a team together. And Kaiba just says, no way. Like, he's right. about to get killed by a dragon and Kaiba still oh, yeah. refuses to work yeah, with so- Yugi. So Yugi, Yugi is first like, hey, let's work together. Kaiba goes, no. Then the mythic dragon attacks and insta-kills Mokuba. <laughs> and then Kaiba's like, ah, fine. This is like uh, reverse... Um, shit, what's a... It's just like um, Prince of Egypt. Uh-huh. Both the movie and like the actual story from the Bible. Where he's like, right. uh, hey, let our people go. And he's like, no. And then like everyone dies. And he's oh, still yeah. like, mm, okay. no. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much a... Uh, uh, Kaiba's heart a, was hardened. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a Grinch sort of moment uh, where he's like, his heart shrunk that day. Yeah. Uh, but then no, that, so then it takes his brother dying for him to be like, fine, all right, I guess. <laughs> if I have to. If I have, but it's to. only because I my my brother died. No, not even he doesn't even say anything. No, right? He he gives no reason to it. Uh, but so he he finally uh, Yugi says, <laughs> "Now have faith and bring out your ultimate beast." I, faith doesn't have much to do with it, Yugi. Like it's just a thing he can do. Uh, so he summons. Apparently, he can just do this. He summons two extra blue eyes white dragons on one turn and then summons the blue eyes ultimate dragon that combines all of them. We're well beyond like tournament rules here. In this game, you can just do whatever the fuck you want, apparently. I guess. And so it brings uh, up blue eyes ultimate dragon. The CEOs yeah. have this line where they're like, actually, our dragon is the ultimate dragon. So right. write that down. So suck it, <laughs> ultimate dragon. Our dragon is ultimate ultimate plus <laughs> our dragon has infinity plus one power <laughs> uh and at this point like i'm already thinking the fans at home can see yugi's plan coming off a mile away right like okay black luster soldier isn't a dragon but blue eyes ultimate dragon is a dragon and there's a card called polymerization which we've so... seen before to do bullshit a lot of times uh and yeah that's exactly what happens he plays polymerization and he polymerizes uh black luster soldier and blue eyes ultimate dragon because rules are meaningless and 
power is nothing. Uh, and they become, their powers combined, uh, the Supreme Dragon Master Knight. I want to point out, I was super excited to see whatever is going to get polymerized from these two. Uh, but polymerization here doesn't make a new monster. It literally just turns them both into a guy riding blue eyes as a mount. Right, exactly. It is like saying that a cowboy getting on a horse is an entirely new being. Oh, it's a centaur. No, it's not. That's just a guy no, on a horse not. with the power of horse and man combined. <laughs> No, that's just a guy on a horse. That's just a guy riding a dragon. And it's like, I mean, no, no wonder Kaiba didn't trust Yugi, because Yugi's whole plan was to bring out his own card, who would then, like, jump onto his, like, supreme ultimate blue-eyes dragon, and just like, giddy up! <laughs> I think he thinks it's embarrassing. You stole his honor. <laughs> Only I can ride blue-eyes ultimate dragon. <laughs> Only I can fuck. I mean, ride. Uh, I mean, yeah. It, shut up. <laughs> it's the one th- cool thing that happens here is that we see all the other dragons that had died previously uh, come back to life, and they reveal that the Supreme Dragon Master Knight apparently, even though there's no card text to prove this anywhere, apparently this monster gains the attack points of every dragon that was ever on the field, including those in the graveyard now, and including the attack points of Mythic Dragon. <laughs> With their powers so we combined. See, like, literally. Yeah. And we see like these like energy beams coming off of Mythic Dragon, and we hear some of the big five being like, Boss, what's happening? It's like if Why Captain, does our dragon look weird? It's like if Captain Planet, uh, when he's combining, but instead of like heart and air and stuff, it was all dragons. Power of dragon. Power of and, dragon. Power of and if you another dragon. Sucked power from them. Like if we saw like beams coming from the children themselves yeah. in Captain Planet, and they became withered husks. Uh, yeah. So it has nine thousand attack points. Not over nine thousand, mind you. Just nine thousand. Oh man. Uh, and so it it fires this laser beam. It, uh, not a laser a, beam. I do want to point out it is Dragon Saber Blast, which is nothing. What is that? <laughs> the knight goes pew pew with his sword and like shoots out magic. And yeah, it's the, it's a big rainbow, is what it is, because well, that's what happens when you're breathe, very powerful. Breathe lightning on the pew pew sword beam, and then it, like swirls together to form a giant rainbow blast. Right, because that's that's really the true. The true power in Yu-Gi-Oh is gay pride. <laughs> I think that's that's really the the moral here. And furry uh, pride or scaly pride on, for Kaiba's behalf. I guess it would be scaly. Yeah, yeah, scaly pride. Sure, sure. No, I'll take it. Uh, they defeat the epic mythic dragon. Yeah, it just it's one shot and it dies. There it is. There it goes. It goes kablooey, uh, and then the world just kind of dissolves around them yeah the floor drops out uh the dragon disappears the the supreme uh, ultimate bullshit bullshit uh disappears and uh it's it's just kaiba and yugi now and they're falling through blackness uh it's that shot it's, from it's the very intro. 
Yeah, it is the shot from the intro. It's also like I finally saw uh, Get Out with Lauren. Have you seen Get Out? No, yet? I haven't seen Get Out yet. It's freaky, man. Like it is. It is not at all what I expected. There is a like it, it goes without saying that there is a twist. I don't want to spoil it on the podcast. Like I'll tell you after if you want to know. Uh, but the, anyway, there's a shot in it where it's just the main dude sort of falling through blackness and it's a hundred percent this <laughs> shot. <laughs> that was all I could think of while watching the movie. I was like, oh yeah, it's like from the intro of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they wake up and they find themselves on a stone pedestal yeah. surrounded by cheering villagers. They, they Zelda kind of come down in a beam of light and just appear Ta-da! Uh, and Princess Adina greets them uh, and says, congratulations, you did it, hooray, but they're too sad about their missing friends. Yeah, and Kaiba says there shouldn't be any cheering because his brother died. I mean, finally he fucking acknowledges it, yeah. right? Like, this is, I think this is a first recognition that he has family. Does he show emotion uh, about it? No. No, not really. He just it's just very matter of fact uh adina raises her hands to the sky and magically becomes the mystical elf <laughs> then yugi looks up and fucking says remarkable the princess is actually the mystical elf how remarkable because of course oh yeah that's that's why there was a female version of mokuba uh is it was the mystical elf the whole time in disguise as because that's your brother <laughs> totally makes sense absolutely uh the mystical elf casts a spell to bring back their friends which yugi also mentions he like narrates it like oh and now the mystical elf is casting a spell to bring back our friends because he knows what's happening uh and uh, yeah they completely spoil the end of avengers endgame and bring back the fallen friends and uh yeah they all cheer because they're alive and happy and well and joey's back and mai's back and mocha was back and iru's back uh and uh ta-da yeah they did your it. friends who died aren't dead anymore can you imagine if your entire life was hanging in the balance on like the text on one Yu-Gi-Oh card that they programmed into the game but mystical elf can't even do that that's right, not exactly mystical elf's power it's not programmed in the game is one thing. The other thing is oh, so like... you think actual magic is going on here? No. No, what I think is happening is worse. Uh-oh, what? I don't think their friends are alive anymore. Oh, man, you think these are just like digital reconstructions of their minds? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's because, dark. Like, what... Because, like, what do we know about this game, right? We know that their their mind is separated from their physical form. We know that the safeties were turned off, so if they lose all their life points in the game, their mind ceases to be. And we know that Mystical Elf does not bring characters back to life. Hmm. So I think this might just be the, like, quest like mechanics of the game being like, Oh yeah, your friends are alive. Hooray. And recreating digital versions of the brains that were scanned in. Cause they're clearly just data. If they're being used in this game. Exactly. And then that data is then ported 
back through the virtual pods back into the brains using whatever process Kaiba does that anyway. Man, that's unsettling. So it's not that they're not their friends. They're just not the original copies of their friends. This is like the debate in the Star Trek debate over what transporters do when they beam you down and reassemble you. Are you you or are you a flash copy of the you that then died and was like ripped into component atoms and created wholesale? I always liked the version in, um, oh, fuck, what was it? The, The Michael Crichton novel. Timeline. Uh, timeline. I always like the timeline version where the timeline version is you get in a phone booth mm-hmm. and it scans all of your atoms and makes a copy of all of those atoms in a different phone booth somewhere else. And it shrinks the phone booth that you're in until it's infinitesimally small and then destroys it. Yeah. You just get completely ripped apart and then a phone booth in another universe creates right that uses that data to create a new you right you shrink yourself down until you are destroyed by the universe the quantum foam of reality uh yeah so that's my theory is that i i i think that the people known as joey mai and mokuba no longer exist and who we see now are the machines copy of the digital brain signals sent by those people it's ghost in the shell these are just new brains created from just the energy of the the system they're in and forced into human bodies yep yep exactly uh but the characters themselves are not given the time to ponder the metaphysics of being brought back to life because uh a black portal appears another void hole if you will uh, and uh, Kaiba's like, oh, hey, there's the exit. Uh, and goes to leave. Yeah. Uh, and Joey's like, hey, you should thank us for saving your life. And your brother's life. And Kaiba goes, I never asked for your help and never needed it. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, uh, but for you, Yugi, I guess I should thank you a little bit. I'll, I'll give you like a small acknowledgement or something like that. Right. Uh, and he says, uh, that, you know, I guess we worked well together, but you know, don't expect it to ever happen again in real life. And Yugi asks him like, maybe next time you see us, it won't be as rivals, but as friends. And Kai was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. He's, I don't even know if he answers. He just turns around yeah, and walks he away. Says, hmm. It's like, uh, wow. What an asshole. They could have easily just left him there yeah. and been justified at this point. Also, this isn't the real world. Just take this opportunity while you have it and just punch him in the mouth. He is not getting Ooh. physically injured. That's true. That's very true. Just beat him up down I mean, to one point, hit Mystical point Elf and is... then kick him out. Yeah, I was going to say, Mystical Elf is right there. Just shank him. <laughs> yeah, just bring him back over and over again while you beat the hell out of him. You know? Uh, yeah, so... They the Kaiba brothers leave, uh, and Mystical Elf like thanks the group again. Um, and they're like, "We'll always remember you, NPCs," and they walk into the portal and leave. Yep. Uh, back in the real world, uh, the thugs break into the lab. They finally figure out that the door slides <laughs> open. I guess. 
just as the uh, group gets out of the game pod. I just want to point out, Tristan holds off like four guys, four like adult bodyguards by himself. He has like it's a that, pipe. It's that teen strength. Yeah, it's his, it's his teen strength coming in. I I fully want to believe that it's actually it's him straining at the door and then Taya holding like an emergency brake <laughs> like lever or something elsewhere. Yeah, just being like, yeah, okay. She has the deadbolt. Right. <laughs> uh, she has a plank of wood that she wedged in next to the door so it can't slide open. Right, exactly. Like yeah, she said that's the door. one actually smart thing, and he's still straining, and he's like, I'm doing it. I'm holding off four guys on my own. Look at me. And he's flexing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So they, they held off like four or five guys uh, who burst into the room as these children get out of the game pods, and they realize, like, oh, no, they're out of the pods. Oh, man. Oh, oh well, geez. nothing we can do about it now. Nothing we can do now. And Joey's like, yep, and that means that Kaiba's probably out, too. And he's kicking the snot out of those big five. Yeah. Uh, they were just all ready to kill these, like, teenage kids. and But now they're up and awake. And I guess, oh, like, beating them to death would be a little harder than just unplugging them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Easier on like, the conscience. I... <laughs> It's like, now that these kids are awake, I don't want to deal with them. I don't know. I can only deal with uh, uh, just the physical forms of teenagers, not their actual consciousness and uh, uh, personalities. Yeah, so they're like, oh, Kaiba's probably beating up all the... He's doing something to the, the big five, and it's not shown what. No, Joey intimates that he's like kicking ass basically right like he's tearing them a new one uh and so they all the thugs all like rush out uh and then they hear another like door open elsewhere in the lab and it turns out that my was just in the next room over in a separate pod like there's this like feet away a, a little closet sized thing with another pod in it with the door open Visible the entire time, and Mai just steps out, and you're like, oh, hey. Boy, it's weird to be back in my body again, but I like it. How are you guys doing? Right. How did Tristan and Taya not notice this? Yeah, she was, like, clearly visible from where they were standing the entire time. And they're all just like, oh, hey, Mai. How's it going? Thanks for your help, I guess. Oh, yeah, and Uh, Mocha was there, too. Mocha was there, too, and he's like... Okay, well, I guess I better go see my brother now. Haha, yay, everyone's alive. Yay, yippee. And they all wave and say, they say bye, Mokuba, in unison, which is the weirdest fucking thing. It's a common thing uh, in kid shows. Yeah, but it sucks. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, it makes it seem like they're all a robotic brain. <laughs> hmm. It makes it seem like they're all horrific robotic simulacra of their deceased friends interesting uh but yeah so he runs off and then the episode ends on joey needing to pee. joey joey is like man i gotta hit the john i had like seven sodas before we hopped in those pods <laughs> when you pee in the game you pee in real life <laughs> 
Oh no. Oh, see, that's that's a really great question because like his brain fully separated from his body. Did he have bladder control during that? I mean, apparently. Yeah. But like, is why? How? Are the machines keeping their bodies just like barely alive? Like they're in hibernation? Mm. Like all their autonomous body stuff is just being controlled by a circuit somewhere in, until mean, their new mo- robot minds could take over. <laughs> right. Exactly. His new robot brain that apparently knows like, maybe this is the thing. Maybe he doesn't have to pee like actually, but this is what the robot has gleaned about Joey where it's like, what is the thing that Joey is likely to say in this moment? <laughs> ah, yes. Urination. It's calculating all the, like, responses Joey could give. And, like, the top, right. it's like in Terminator when he's, like, deciding what to say to all the guys. But the top one is just, I need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's figuring out what Joey's, like, uh, top hobbies are. Yeah. His most likely things to say. But, yeah, there we go. There it is. That's the end of the Legendary Heroes trilogy. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? God, I really like this episode just because of all the dumb shit that happened in it. It gets into some dumb bullshit, my friend. Uh, my, my favorite part was probably just all the like really like low-hanging video game references that the writers could come up with. Mm-hmm. Like, congratulations, gamers, you made it to the final lever, final level. And my favorite line: "Time for a trip to the recycle bin." <laughs> I'm so mad that I didn't. I had to have that explained to me. It's just like in computers, right? You know the computer thing. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, they boy. really leaned into like the dumb video game nonsense this episode. Right. They did it. It. it I feel like it misses more than it hits. Oh yeah, I'm for glad sure. That they tried. I, I appreciate it I'm because of how tried. poor it is. It's so bad sure, it's good. Sure. Right. What is your favorite part of this episode? I think my favorite is how gleefully happy Kaiba is when it turns out that only dragons can attack. Yeah, he is friggin' stoked. He this is right. the best like, day of his entire life. Right. Like he he's like I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like an, an equivalent here. It's like he is like the undertaker when you tell him it's going to be a cage match, <laughs> right like he is like oh you come into my house and you play you tell me that you're going to play by my rules you're voluntarily i'm not locked in here with you you're locked, you're in, locked here in here, with, here me. with me <laughs> and my dragons here we go oh fuck yes it's dragon time he is he, i mean you know this this boy's horny for some dragons like it's I'm I'm just I'm happy that he's happy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. His reaction uh, to this dragon themed video game that he made. Because is... you can tell in a way too, there's like a there's like a brief moment of fear that he's like, oh no, I'm not gonna be able to play my dragons. Oh shit, my dragons. Oh my sweet boys. Oh, oh, okay. All oh, right, it doesn't disable all creatures, just all creatures except dragons. Oh. Mm. Oh good. <laughs> Oh, if only I had creatures that weren't dragons in my deck. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, he, he has like two. I don't know. Yeah, so that was my favorite. 
Uh, what about your least favorite? Um, just all the questions that this episode raises, just like the like what you brought up about the minds of the people trapped in here, uh, and uh-huh. just all the like. Well, it's mostly just all the. I like the stupid video game bullshit, but I also hate the stupid video game bullshit because, as I've we've talked about before, this game, this card game centric video game has almost nothing to do with the cards in games and now we're seeing yeah. a duel where there's literally nothing that matters right yeah it, it is a little disappointing that like kaiba spent so much time and money programming this game that's like a perfect virtual reality like separates your brain from your body and it like perfectly recreates like actual physical trees and environments yeah and and the whole conceit is that it's based around this card game to the point where you have your physical cards there with you but then it doesn't play like a duel yeah the whole the whole point is just my least favorite part of this episode is my least favorite part of these last three episodes combined which is it's really not about the cards at all i mean it's 100 percent about the cards but there's no restrictions and no challenge right yeah exactly there's no there's no stakes really no just before you get into this vr program just go through your deck uh replace all your monsters with the strongest monsters you have and you'll be able to defeat any challenge ta-da there's yeah yeah. true like playing a video game with all the cheat codes on it's fun but it's going to get old super fast right yeah that's it what was your least favorite you know, it's actually mine's very similar to yours in that uh you remember in the first of these three episodes where they kill a monster and they get coins? Yeah, and then they don't mention it at all ever. They kill like hundreds of monsters in this episode and they get zero coins. And then there was that whole there was that store in the town that they never bought cards from. So they introduced the idea of a video game economy here. And the possibility that, oh, they could gather coins and they could, you know, grind for, you know, experience and whatnot. Yeah, they could have been like... And they never do, it, and it never comes up It again. could have been like, oh, the one weapon you need to slay the dragon? Why, it was in the very shop where you started out. Right, like, Something oh, like that. yeah, that actually costs 5,000 gold. Good thing there's this swarm of monsters here coming our way, like... You, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like that felt like a a thing that could have been something, and then they set it up, and you're like spent time on it too. Like we had to explain, like, oh, you have to buy things with coin that you get from defeating monsters, and then you do the thing, and then you do the thing, and then nothing ever comes of it. I think there's a a trope name for this on TV tropes, but it's basically where you have a Chekhov's gun and then just leave it unfired the entire time. Ugh. Like Chekhov's gun yeah. is just like on a mantelpiece somewhere, and then you look at that, and you're like, "Huh, nice." And then the whole f- story just continues without it. It feels bad. There is no reason for any of that video game economy stuff to have been introduced at all, other than to right, show, exactly. "Oh, it's a video game world." Yeah, it, 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 and like that's fine. I mean, it's like the other things in this in this episode, like you were saying, like 
let's show. Oh, hey, yeah, it's a video game. Ta-da, video game jargon. None of the payoff. It's all just wasted concepts. Right. So that's my worst. All right. I don't know. That was disappointing. I wanted them to buy a card. Yeah. And then they're like, they come back into the real world and they're like, where's that card I bought? Oh, man. It was all digital. (laughs) Yeah. I can only use that card in the video game, which I'm never going to play again because it killed my friends and replaced them with horrific body doubles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode then. It's It's time time to uh, 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 end the episode. Uh, Jimmy, for our card of the week this week, I did want to briefly talk about Mythical Dragon. Oh, is it an actual card? It is, I think, because there's a five-headed dragon card, which is a fusion uh, uh, effect monster. It's like a... Fuck, what is this? It's either 10 or 11 stars. I can't tell. But it says it must be fusion summoned, cannot be special summoned by other ways. And cannot be destroyed by battle with a dark earth, water, fire, or wind monster. So essentially, it has to be a very specific kind of monster that can defeat it. And I think it's probably just... Well, no, it wouldn't be dragon. It would be light type, I guess. Light or... There's probably another type that I'm not thinking of. Uh, But it has 5,000 attack and defense, which is pretty powerful. Uh, and yeah, it just looks like the mythical monster thing, the mythical, the mythic dragon, five headed dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the one you're looking uh, at. Cause I, there yeah, was a yeah, yeah. article on the wiki about mythic dragon specifically. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know. It's not super exciting, but it's like, it's neat that there is an actual card that has basically the effect that we've seen here yeah even if that effect was like worded differently um i don't know that blue eyes would have been able to attack the five-headed dragon because blue eyes i think is a dark type am i gonna get that wrong i'm probably getting that wrong uh let's see here uh oh no yeah blue eyes is is a light type so blue eyes would have been able to uh defeat the the five-headed dragon except it only has 3000 attack. Uh so it would have to have been blue eyes ultimate dragon with the black luster soldier which somehow stays a light I don't know. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh we do have another card of the week though, our random card of the week if you want to get into that. Yeah, lay it on me. Alrighty, So our random card of the week this week generated by my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card is Magister Paladin, the Ascending Draco Slayer. <laughs> Holy shit, what? Uh, let me just drop it to you in chat. Oh, please Magister, do. Magister Paladin, the Ascending Draco Slayer. Uh, while you look that up, Magister Paladin, the Ascending Draco Slayer, is a four-star dragon XYZ effect monster. Uh, it says two level four pendulum monsters. Uh, when this card is XYZ summoned, you can add one pendulum monster from your deck to your hand during the end phase of this turn. Once per turn, you can detach one XYZ material from this card. Special summon one face-up Draco Slayer pendulum monster from your extra deck, but it cannot be used as an XYZ material for a summon. 
1850 attack and 2000 defense. Essentially what I'm getting from that is it is a way to take XYZ monsters from your deck to your hand, to the monster, to the battlefield, from your deck to your hand, to the monster, to the battlefield, and just keep grabbing cards and sort of cycling them onto the battlefield. Huh. Uh, it looks fucking weird, man. This is, yeah, I was about to say, this is not an art style we have seen before in the show. No. It's almost it looks, like Chinese inspired or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It looks sort of like a Chinese dragon uh, uh, horse sort of horse thing. It's um, It looks very similar to like, are you familiar with like the Kirin? It's like a, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's a Japanese folklore. It might be Chinese as well, but it's essentially like their unicorn. It's like a dragon unicorn. Okay, then that's what this guy um, is. But yeah, it's got like a dragon head, but it's got like a Pegasus, sort of like a white horse with white wings body. And then on like riding it is this armored figure with like long blonde hair that's got like metallic dragon wings. Yeah, white or silver armor with like greenish kind of aqua colored highlights. Yeah, and it's carrying a sword that I can't tell if the sword actually has a blade it, past the first few inches. It is. It's just surrounded by like a vortex of wind. And the ah, okay. thing he's riding is also has a, uh, a vortex surrounding its unicorn horn. I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. Yes. No, I think you're they right. They both I got think you're like right. tornado I... weapons. Right, and they're they're both wearing. Well, I guess the horse thing is wearing, and it's just sort of wrapped around in a cool way. This like super long red scarf, yeah, that's wrapped around a few times. Uh, that has these like blue tags on the end. Uh, that actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, this some, looks like something that would come and attack you in Okami. Oh, you know? yeah, huh. This looks like uh, it'd be like a, a boss in that new uh, From Software game, uh, Sekiro. Mm. It looks like something that like you would have to have super special ninja powers to fight. Yeah, or a paintbrush. Or a paintbrush. Anyway, this guy looks ninja paintbrush. Super cool. This is yeah. I yeah, like it. It's not something we've the card seen that I'm looking at too has a cool background where the card. Uh, edges have this like space motif happening. Oh yeah, it's not like a normal card back. It's like the Star so, Trek warp effect. Like. Yeah, yeah, that really kind of sets it apart. as like, oh, this is a special card. Magister Paladin, the Ascending Draco Slayer. <laughs> I wonder if Descending Draco Slayer is a, a separate card. That's when he falls off his horse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there it is. There's our card of the week. Um, I think that'll do us, uh, for this week. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, you can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. Uh, if you want to listen to Jimmy's other podcast, a new episode just dropped. Mm-hmm. That's Dungeons Against Humanity or D-A-H podcast on Twitter. Uh, are we at the final episode? Is this the the end of the season, or we got one? Uh, more? I think we got one or two more. We are okay. So, I have, so I close. have not caught up, and I am 
I feel incredibly guilty for that, but I'm getting there. Well, I, thank you for listening. Uh, it's No, it's super good. Uh, and you had a live show recently, right? Yeah, well, not a show, but a live event uh, this past Sunday, or yesterday, actually. Uh, we had a good couple people show up, and we, like, spontaneously created a world and, like, the history of the world, and then ran a short adventure through it. Nice. Yeah, turned out really well. Good. Awesome. So uh, I know there's materials for some of the world building stuff uh, on your website, yeah, right? Yeah, all you need is a bunch of dice and uh, Cards Against Humanity. Uh, yeah, and that's at uh, DungeonsAgainstHumanity.net, yes. right? Cool. The podcast. The podcast. We're making the podcast. Also, I do want to point out our DM has been, uh, when we drop an episode, we've also been getting quotes of the episode uh, for all the yeah, I stuff noticed we that do. on the on the Twitter. Answers, That's really, really cool. The quote of this last episode is uh, me actually. Uh, uh, we encounter uh, like a chest on this floating mm-hmm. island, and I'm like, I will roll Arcana to see if the chest is magical. And I, then I roll, and I'm like, oh shit, that's a one. And my DM says, it seems friendly. <laughs> and I react with, why are you ascribing a personality to a treasure chest? <laughs> that seems like a trap. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is, uh, that's how you learn that the chest is actually a mimic. <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah, it's very close to the the end of the first season, so check it out. If you like that sort of thing, I do. It turns out I do like. That oh, sort you of do, thing. and I'm 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 positive some of our listeners will listen to it as well uh, if they haven't already. Uh, all right. Well, next week we're gonna be talking about uh, episode forty six, which I have lost the episode title for. Oh, I just looked up. It's the first of the dungeon dice monsters, which I'm excited for. It is, and it is the last uh arc of this season oh. yeah we do we do uh yeah it, it's dungeon dice monsters uh it's a four-parter so we're gonna oh. do part one next week and then we have three more parts after that you thought we were done then, with mini arcs but no uh no this is our last sort of mini arc it's a pretty big arc i guess uh and then we are into season two uh of Duel Monsters. We get to to see some of the Battle City stuff. All right. Uh, okay. So next week is going to be. Uh, oh, do you want to know the uh, the translated title for next week's episode? Yes, please. So the English title is Dungeon Dice Monsters Part One. Yeah. The translated Japanese uh, episode is The Mysterious Transfer Student. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds much better. All right. Uh, Okay, well, we will uh, talk to you all next week. And until next time, time for a trip to the recycle bin, Phantom.